holy holy you guys hey 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 welcome welcome you guys it's season two we are here and we are back I am so, so, so excited for you guys to be here for this next season. It's going to be full of so much goodness. I can't even. I can't even. I'm just so happy to be back. I'm so happy to be here with you guys. And I just hope everyone's doing good. I hope you had a nice little break from me. It was a full month. So if you're my week-to-week listeners, hope you had a nice little break. We are back. This season is going to be a little different. Uh, I have a season full of all kinds of different guests, and it's going to be fun to just sort of learn our lessons through conversations with people from all different walks of life, all different uh, challenges and hardships and all kinds of crazy stuff. And, you know, sometimes I feel like we really do learn the most from others. And I think that for me personally, I pride myself on being a lifelong learner, but I also really value my conversations with people and the people that I choose to have in my life. Some of them are really, really important to me. Um, And I have some of them on this season, which is kind of cool. My first guest, my very first guest is a dear friend of mine. Her name is Melanie Barrett, and she is an absolute powerhouse. Let me just tell you right now, she is a force to be reckoned with. She's a nutritionist. She's a life and health practitioner. She's uber passionate about all things mindset, nutrition, and wellness. And she's been really deep diving into the wellness industry for over six years now. She's learned to master her craft while she's been working with others to kind of get to the root cause of what's holding them back from their goals and their bigger vision. Melanie and I go way back, but it's been in recent years that I feel like we've discovered the depths of our like-mindedness and similar views on life. She's a woman that really does inspire me and she ignites my flame in certain ways. I feel like I really get a lot of inspiration from her. I look up to her in certain ways. I love her dearly and her story is quite inspiring as well. And so I thought it would be fun to have her on as my very first guest as I was her very first guest on her podcast, which is so cool. We're kind of returning the favor for each other. So I'm just excited to have you guys here with me and I'm excited to get into this conversation with Mel. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and jump right into our conversation. And then afterwards, I will do some closing comments and we'll talk about where you can find Mel online. So enjoy this conversation with my very dear friend, Melanie. So hey, Mel, how are you? I'm really good. How are you? Good. I'm super happy. Super, super happy to have you here. Me too. So Mel and I go way back. We'll just talk a little bit about it. We became friends through mutual friends as what, like teenagers? It was a long time Mm -hmm. ago. And then we've had quite a journey together. We stayed in touch over the years on and off. And then at one point, I signed on to be a client of hers. She was my nutritionist for a little while, my health coach. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. She's got her own podcast called Plant Ahead which I was a guest on. It's also amazing. So you should check that one out. Oh, thanks. It's good stuff. Yeah, so we go way back. I'm, I'm super excited to have Mel here. She's had her fair share of struggles and triumphs, and she's always overcoming and being better every day. So I'm really, really happy to have you here. Me too. It's, it's very cool that we've become – so I used to live in Cleveland with you, and it's now that I live in Austin – Texas, I feel like we've become so much closer, right? That we've been apart. And even isn't it funny? And even with 
the pandemic and the craziness of 2020, it's just been interesting how everything's kind of come to Zoom and here we are. And we're just like, hey, you want to have a Zoom day? Yes. And we're just talking yes. and hanging out. So it's been really powerful. And I truly and deeply value our friendship and what we share. You've been such an inspiration to me. And even working with you is just such a pleasure and how it really blossomed our friendship to where it is today. So <sighs> I, I deeply and genuinely value you so much. Girl, so I'm much so happy love. to be here. Feelings are mutual, 100%. <laughs> it's a two-way street. Let's get into the talk here. Tell us a little bit about some of your uh, moments as someone who really strives to learn from life and how you feel like the things led you to that point. Well, be here all day talking about that, but let's see. (laughs) So my story is pretty interesting and unique and what brought me here and to really be in this position. And I kind of want to take you guys back and talk a little bit about my story and what I've been through mm-hmm. and what's where I once was and where I am today and showing what's possible. And an interesting point to throw out too is that I have always, and I know for you, you've always been more of that really growth mindset person. And I was always more of that very fixed mindset. Yes. And it's interesting that, you know, talking, you're like, yeah, I've always kind of been more of that growth. And I was like, oh, not me. And it's like really seeing that actually made me take that step back and really think about things in a different perspective of like, wow, like I really have come far. And that's kind of what I want to share about how far I've come. So it's awesome. It's so exciting. Yeah, for sure. So for me, I grew up in a middle to lower class income family, nothing too crazy. My parents, they were married. I I wished and prayed that they weren't because they fought so much. So that, that was definitely tough. And within that framework of how I grew up, it was very, my mom was taught by her mother, you know, don't wear your emotions on your sleeve. You need to be tough. You need to be strong. So I had this mother that never felt any feelings. And then I had this father that was overly emotional and he would take his feelings out on everybody else. So he's just very angry, hundred percent Italian guy. So for me, I never really knew where I fit in there. So I just kind of shut down and I really learned to disassociate to get through my days. And I had a I had a really rough brother too that had really bad OCD. So he kind of ran the show. My mom catered to him a lot. And I was kind of just, you know, nobody ever really tried to push me to do anything or try things differently. So I just kind of kept to myself. And that's kind of what I did growing up. And that was just kind of my MO. And as I grew older, you know, I would try a sport or I would try something new. And then I would be like, I just had such a mindset of like, I suck at this. Like I can't do it. And I would quit everything I tried that was new. And it felt very, it was hard. It was really hard on me because I felt like I never fit in and I never had a place. And I always just ended up quitting a lot and didn't give it a lot. So yeah. And as I, I mean, I could talk about this all day. But as I, you know, grew older, because of the dysfunction and everything that I learned, yeah, that's what I gravitated towards. So I dated dysfunctional people, I made dysfunctional choices, and I became addicted to different drugs, and they really just had a grip on me. And in yeah. my 20s, I was a wild animal, and I look back on it now and I cringe, but... <laughs> I, I think we all it. do though, man. Oh, I know. Oh, gosh. God, In certain funny. ways, you know what I mean? Unless I feel like unless you're still living that same life and you haven't thought about changing in any way, then maybe not. Oh, but that's the, the craziest piece is that so in my 20s, as wild as I was, I always had this yearning and this feeling like something wasn't right, but I wasn't strong enough. I didn't have that, the lens of a learner like applied to me at all. And anytime something would come up and happen to me, 
I would play the, the victim card. Woe is me card. Why is this happening? I don't understand. And I was never allowed myself to be presented with these lessons and these gifts to come up to as I moved through things. So I just kept falling and falling and falling and hitting the bottom of the barrel until the point where I just, I couldn't take it anymore. And and my son, prior to him, I really started making big shifts and changes. So my son is about three, three and a half now, Mm -hmm. and he has cracked me open in a way I never thought was possible. Yeah. Right. You have a kid. Kids do that. It's like all of the things that you think you're coping with guess what? You're not. <laughs> you yeah. have to, you got to figure it out for real when you have a kid. Yes. Holy crap. Yeah. And I thought I had it figured out before I had my son because I really started making changes and getting healthier, eating cleaner, you know, mm-hmm. became a nutritionist, did all those things. Like yeah. I was just so interested. I fell in love with it, but it wasn't until I had him that, wow, it cracked mm-hmm. me open in a way that made me realize, oh, I was disassociating through my days. Oh, I gave up on everything. I was scared of my own shadow. I never allowed myself to learn things. I just played yeah. the victim card instead. Mm-hmm. And as I started to learn about that, I was like, whoa, it like hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, I, I, I don't need to live like this. And this kiddo taught me that and showed me that light that I don't have to, I'm trying to think how to describe it. Like I don't have to be scared to try yeah. anything new. I don't have to be living in fear. And he just cracked me open in a way to feel my feelings because I never did, as I said before. And that was the biggest piece for me that he showed me, oh, you can't run and hide, especially when I was pregnant. I was like, oh, you can't have a glass of wine, girl. You got to you gotta face this shit. Yeah, that's Sorry. true. I feel like that's so true because when you're pregnant, you – I mean, some people, unfortunately, indulge and they're not supposed to. But I, I agree with that same thing. It was like that time during your life where you're like, oh – cool so those times when I was like dang I need a drink like not when you're pregnant that's not how it works yeah it's definitely it's crazy what kids do and they but I I also feel like there's that fork in the road when you become a parent you know you can either think about it more constructively and be aware of yourself be aware of your struggles and the way that you're coping or keep doing it, keep continuing mm-hmm. that cycle, which we've talked about before. That has happened to our parents. It's happened to a lot of people we know. And even people who are parents, we see that cycle continue and it's heartbreaking because you do have to make mm-hmm. a conscious choice if you're going to make that change. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You have to make that choice. You have to choose whether you're going to continue that cycle or not. And it's one of those things where you're taking the chance. If you don't want to deal with it and you don't want to face it, you're risking mm-hmm. so much. Because even if you think, oh, these are my actions, they're not affecting anyone, guess what? Your kid's going to grow up and carry all that stuff. And we both mm-hmm. know, me and you know, that stuff doesn't go away. It doesn't just oh, magically, yeah. you don't just grow out of childhood trauma and childhood hardships and abuse and whatever else. It does not go away. It gets worse. And then it affects your relationships and it affects the people mm-hmm. around you. And it's a, it's an ugly, ugly spider web that just, it just takes over. And it is, it's such a conscious choice. And I think for you, that's something to acknowledge that you, you did that. You noticed the issues and you were constructive about it, ready to make that change and be better for your son. And I think that's definitely something to uh, celebrate. Oh, goodness gracious. It is crazy how I had no idea. And kind of just to piggyback off of what you said is that I look at it in terms of lineage and, you know, our parents' story. And for example, how I talked about my mom and she was like, oh, you know, 
her her mother was very don't wear your emotions on your sleeve showing emotions as a sign of weakness and stuff like that and for me i that's the story my mom carried and so i did that too when i was younger because that's what you know we view and see the world through the lens of our experiences and yeah, those first yeah. 6 years of our life are absolutely crucial to how we view and see the world and when I went through that, I had no idea until later, as I started diving into this stuff myself, I realized I'm like, wow, this is huge that I'm not feeling feelings because my mom didn't feel feelings. My mom didn't feel feelings because her mom didn't. And then her mom didn't. And that's a thing. And that's like that lineage chain that we talk about is that these are stories that are not even ours and we don't have to do this. And when I had my son, I knew the one thing I said is that I will not raise him any way that I was raised. I want it to be completely different. And I think that's a beauty. And this is an opportunity for everybody listening that you you do have the opportunity to change. And if you realize, you know, I'm doing this and like, this is so much or like, oh man, I'm acting so much like my mom and you know, you don't like it. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to do it. You don't have to do it. It doesn't have to be your story. Yeah. I've always said the same thing too. You know, I think there's obviously your parents are going to raise you and they're they're doing the best that they can in general with what they have at that mm -hmm. time. And sometimes that means they're limited because of their own obstacles emotionally or whatever. And they're coping, you know, and it's unfortunate that kids end up being the, you know, the target for a lot of that, that stuff. And it really is just a choice that you have to make. And I just think that it's overwhelming at times when you think about how many kids, you know, I'm a teacher and I, I encounter kids all the time that tell me really sad stuff. And I couldn't even imagine the that. way that they explain it is that they're so accepting that that's just their life. They're not even real. They're like venting, you know what I mean? Like in a way where they're not even asking for help. They're just frustrated because that's the circumstances that they're sort of encircled in. And mm -hmm. it's it's heartbreaking to know that there's kids growing up that way still. After all of, I feel like there's just so much education out there. There's just mm -hmm. so much. And it's, I mean, even in the system of health insurance, like mental health is covered just like anything physical health would be on your health insurance. Like this, this is the time where we all need to understand that mental health is just as important as your physical health. And I know you are right on that with Ooh, me. You bet. You know? oh my and goodness. I just think as a parent, there's just no excuse. There's no excuse. You have to deal with it and you have to figure out how you're going to be better for your kid. I've done the same thing. I've always said, you know, my parents raised me the way that they did. And I learned some things what to do. And I learned a lot of things not to do. Mm -hmm. with my with my child and it was that that same conscious choice of you know as I was growing up I'm gonna be better for my kids I I know I'm gonna someday and I did I as soon as I found out I was pregnant I was 23 that was it I was like that's I'm I'm done here I need to get down to business I gotta get serious about my life because I don't want my kid to ever have to deal with that stuff you know oh absolutely and being a mom is it it's it's next level and especially when you do make that conscious choice like i want to be better and i want to be better not only for myself for this child and this person i'm bringing into the world and mm -hmm. that's the biggest lesson for me i feel like i've learned is that i want to be better and i keep striving to be better mm -hmm. and now that i have been cracked open in this beautiful way it's given me such opportunities to grow and I never thought it was possible. When I faced my fear of 
being not taking drugs or Mm -hmm. my fear of sitting with my feelings. Oh my God, that was so hard. It was one of the hardest things I went through. (laughs) I literally disassociated through everything, everything. And then, I mean, for me, mental health is like, I've been in and out of therapy since I've been 16 and therapy has been my saving grace. And I know we've talked about that in terms of like Mm -hmm. EMDR has been great. And I don't know where I would be if I didn't do this stuff for myself and help myself on this level. And just to me, my mental health is probably top priority over everything. And I mean, top priority over my family in a way, because if I'm not happy, nobody else is going to no, be happy. It's true. You have to make it your number one thing in it. And for me, I, I know I've talked about this on your podcast when I was a guest, just how I've learned that my mental health is a direct influencer of my physical health and my ability mm-hmm. to work out, my ability to eat healthy. Everything is rooted in my mental health state. So if I'm stressed or stuff's going haywire or I'm overwhelmed or whatever it is, that just trumps everything else. And now I can't do anything, Mm -hmm. you know? And my counselor told me, I haven't gone in a few years. I've been doing pretty good, but uh, I remember her telling me this. And I always, I always tell myself this is she would say the work that you do on yourself is the hardest work that anyone can ever do is the Mm -hmm. work that you do on yourself. And she also told me that when you go and get help and you go and talk to a counselor, when you feel like you need it and your mental health isn't where it needs to be, the strong ones are the ones that do that. The oh, ones that are weak and scared, those are the people that cope and they spread that. They spread it like a virus. You know, mm-hmm. it's horrible. Absolutely. And a piece that stands out to me, what you said too, is that, you know, when you, when you heal yourself and you really start diving into your soul's purpose and who you really are to your core, that's medicine. And that, that heals everybody around you. And I truly and deeply believe in energy. And, you know, think about it when you're around somebody that's having a really bad day and they're huffing and puffing and pissed off and stressed out, you feel that energy. It, yeah. You vibe right out of it. You're like, I got to get out of here. This work is crazy. So really understanding the dynamics of that piece and then seeing how when I'm stressed out and mad, my kid's going to be, be stressed out and mad. So I, yeah. I recognize and see those behaviors now to just want to be better. So when I see I'm acting weird, I tell myself, okay, how can I step back? Like what's mm-hmm. going on? Or I get presented yeah. with the situation that that sucks and it's not great. I ask myself like, you know, I take those deep breaths and I ask like, okay, what can I learn from this? How can I make this better? Instead of allowing myself to go, I call it like the downward spiral. You just go like, you think one thought and then all of a sudden another thought comes on and then another thought before you know it, you're 50 thoughts in and you're like in the corner sucking your thumb, like crying, right? slamming a drink. Like I can't take this out anymore. Or for me, I'm like frozen, like with anxiety because I can't, it's like overload paralysis where you're just your thoughts have now just completely swallowed you whole and you're you can't do anything. Oh my god, absolutely. I think that's the craziest part, but it's all about just recognizing and seeing the behaviors and gaining the awareness around it and just getting better because a lot of times people think, "Oh, my, you know, my mental health journey, my health journey, my wellness, like everything's connected." And that's the yep. biggest thing too. Mentally, physically, and spiritually, all of it, how you, you know, it's not just about what you're eating, but it's about what you're feeding your brain. Mm -hmm. So it's all very connected. And a lot of times, most of us don't understand that piece, but when we really get all of it, that's what really changes our lives. Yes. 
And one other thing I wanted to point out that you had mentioned earlier, I wanted to kind of build on this. It was a good point. You had mentioned that you see. When, you're, when you're in your deepest, darkest struggles, you were in and out of relationships that were not good. Mm-hmm. And it's so important to notice the fact that when you're in a positive mindset and you have positive energy and you're in a place where you have your mental health, you're attracting that from other people. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And Absolutely. when you're not in that place, you're also attracting that from other people. Yes. And so it, it just continues the cycle of, you know, the people you have around you and the relationships that you get yourself into. And for for anyone that's listening and you feel like you're not happy in a relationship, I want you to step back and I want you to really do a self-assessment first. That's mm-hmm. going to be important because really that's that's going to be your jumping off point to anything better. And it might not mean, it might not even mean like ending the relationship. It's just, it's time to communicate. It's time to get yourselves on the mm-hmm. same page. And if you care about each other enough, you know, you'll do that for each other. Um, but if not, and if it's a one, if it's a one way street, then maybe it is time to prioritize your health over a romantic relationship, for example. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a big see, thing I personally see, even working with clients, is that people will stay in bad relationships or stay in a job because they feel like it's easier. Because yeah. they're like, well, I have this stability, I have this security, and I have this stuff, but they don't realize that the amount of energy it takes for you to wake up every day and get out of bed and go to this job you don't like, the amount of energy it takes for you to come home to see your significant other just belittling you and putting you down or you just, you know, whatever the situation is, that takes so much energy. And yet we don't realize it takes the same amount of energy, sometimes if not less, just to get out. But it's about facing that fear and getting Mm -hmm. comfortable with feeling uncomfortable because happiness is on the other side of fear. It's really true. I love that. It's a big piece that once I realized that, I'm like, oh, am I like legit scared for my life or am I just a little scared? Because this is this feels a little scary. And for me, from what I grew up in and the place where I was, and it was just dark and it was gross. And he said, dated the wrong people. I was friends with the wrong people. And I, when I was around those people, I attracted more of those people. You yeah. are who you hang out with. Oh, true. You, you pull in, like there's no oh, I somehow started dating this really awful person. It's like, it, you, it's about the energy and you yep, bring yep. them in. It's like a magnet. You like suck mm-hmm. them in. They're like, whoop, and come right to you. I agree a hundred percent. I totally mm-hmm. agree. It's, and you have to decide, you know, at some point there's a conscious choice in which direction do you want to perpetuate? Mm-hmm. Where do you want to go? Who yeah. do you want to be around? And you've got to start making, you know, those choices. Like you said, some of them are not going to be comfortable, mm-hmm. but you've got to make changes for yourself. Mm-hmm. I just think it's so cool how you've grown up with so many challenges and things that you've overcome. And, you know, Melanie, she talks a lot in her podcast, like I said, and plant ahead about a lot of her stuff. So if you're curious on how she's overcome, I mean, she really dives deep and, and gets real with her listeners, which I love. I love that about your podcast, Mel. It's like, yeah. you. I feel truly connected when I listen to you. And it, it's like, okay, I get, I get it. It's sort of a cop out me say for me saying this because we are friends. But I feel like when I listen to you, it's like we're friends, you know? 
I just, it's a connection and you're so open with your listeners and, and just think that it's really inspiring. Even all of the things that you do, I've, I've learned a lot from your podcast as well. I've learned a lot from you. And I think that why we both appreciate the friendship that we have is because we can learn from each other. Absolutely. And that's, I, that's important. It's an important part of life to have people around you that you are inspired by, that you want to learn from, you can collaborate with. Exactly. Oh, God. You know, and the funny part, too, is that once I started, you know, you either vibe up or vibe out, right? (laughs) I love it. And then, you know, as I started to really vibe up, I noticed that as I really started to shift my mindset, as I really started to become more positive, you know, I stepped away from, you know, using any substances, you know, really focusing on building good, healthy habits and routines. And, you know, it wasn't just like, you know, I'd always be like, oh, I got to make sure I'm like eating well and do that stuff. But it's like, no, there's the other pieces that went into it. And as I started putting this big puzzle together of my life and I started becoming more positive, all the people that were that negative energy that I was talking about before just started Mm -hmm. fading away. So, I mean, my best friends of like 10, 15 years, I, we just kind of separated because once you start vibrating at this frequency and this positivity and this place and this lens of a learner, those people start to fall away. They just can't yeah. be in your space anymore because they I'm just, you. you don't have those things to relate to anymore. Yeah. And for you and I, we've become so close because you are that positive person that's in my life and a friend that I can talk to that if I feel like I'm having an off day you can relate and you can just reel me back in. And I'm like, oh, I feel so much better. You just kind of help ground me. And I think that's powerful to have people and friends like that. You're laughing. I love it. It's so funny because I, I'm glad though, you know, I love it too. And I've go, I've had to go through a series of cycles with people in my life. And, you know, I, I've sort of learned that this process of letting people go, it's not, it doesn't have to be an abrupt thing, but it's like you said it, they sort of just fade away. And for me, I've had to learn that it's okay to do that. I've I've yes. had to go through a, a learning process of understanding that this isn't about my feelings being hurt. This isn't about being sad about a friendship sort of fading out or fizzling out. It's about accepting your own growth and embracing mm-hmm. embracing it, knowing that yes. you are you are growing beyond some of these people, you know what I mean? And that's okay. Absolutely. It's okay. It's, it's a good thing. You know, I'm not telling you to, to just blow off all the people in your life, but if you feel like a friendship isn't serving you and you've tried to communicate and you've tried to get on the same page with that person, it's okay to bump that person down on your priority list a little bit. It's mm-hmm. not against the rules to do that. doesn't mean you care any less. You know, I've got friends who I don't, speak to as often anymore. And it doesn't mean I don't care, but mm-hmm. my everyday life demands something else. I need, I need more mm-hmm. from the people that I talk to regularly. And, you know, to put your needs at the forefront of your mind is self-care. It's really, mm-hmm. that's what it is. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I look at it like, is this filling my cup or is this emptying my oh, cup? Oh, I love that. No. Love- yeah. That's and I, that's what I think about certain people in my life and and I mean, even my more recent episodes of my podcast, I, I really came super clean and I was so scared to do it, but really shared more about my story yeah. more in detail. Yeah. I shared just a snip here on this, on your show, but I, that was a big change for me when I actually opened up and talked about stuff that I was scared to say, yeah. because I felt like it was almost wrong to talk about my story when I did. 
holy crap, how the amount of how freeing I felt and how much that filled my cup. Mm -hmm. And that although, yeah, it might be weird situation between family and stuff like that, because I, I spoke my truth. It empowered me. Yeah. It filled my cup and it made me realize I do need to have stronger boundaries. I do need to honor self, myself more. And that's the thing. A lot of times, like with a friend, it's like, oh, I have to abruptly cut them out. Like right now I got to cut the cord. It's like, no, just slowly. They said, put them down on the priority list. Don't talk to them as much. Like, you know, if they ask what's going on, be like, oh, you know, I'm just really trying to process some stuff, you know, going through a lot right now. And then just slowly kind of fade out. It doesn't mean you have to 86 them out. And I have plenty of friends that have slowly faded out. But then again, if we reconnect, I'm like, hey, what's going on? Like, we'll just catch yeah. up and have a great yeah. conversation. And that's it. But they don't have to be that person that those Debbie Downers that are texting you like, oh, yeah, my life's so sucky. I can't believe that da, 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 did this. And you're like, yeah. Okay. Okay. And the other, yeah. I think another important aspect of that, which I've had to learn too, along with the letting go is I'm a fixer and I've always been a fixer. And when you had mentioned your relationships when you were younger, I was thinking about my own and how I would gravitate towards people that needed fixing, that needed help. Um, mm -hmm. But when it comes to friends in your current life and, you know, understanding that some people might not be best for you, it's okay to not fix people too. You know, it's, mm -hmm. I, that weighs heavily on me. I feel like I need to help everybody and I, I can't stop until they're better. But at the same time, they have their own life. They have their own decisions. They've got their mm -hmm. own stuff going on and I can't do it for them. And you've, yeah. you know, that's, that's an important thing to note too. If you're the type of person that you feel like you're always supporting everyone around you, well, who's supporting you? Are you, mm -hmm. are you supporting you at least? Somebody's got to do it. If you're not, you better show up for yourself. Right. Like, okay. Who's people pleasing? Hello. Like, and I think that's one of the, the hardest things to wrap your head around sometimes is I've oh, like, I'm a strong empath. I pick up on everybody's thing. I'm a highly sensitive person. So I've always tried to go out of my way to be a fixer, mm -hmm. to try to make things right. If somebody seems like they're having a bad day, just come over and be like, do, 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 be all goofy and try to cheer them up. But at the same time, I am taking away what they're feeling. I'm, I'm trying to take away the, how, what they're trying to process right now. And as much as I feel like it's going to be helpful, there's a time and a place for that. Yeah. And really discerning, I guess it is a yes. good way to describe it between like, do this person, mm -hmm. can, how can I be, instead of saying, how can I help you? It's more of like, how can I be of service to yes. you? And when you look at it from that different perspective, it really does tend to help you how you're the vetting process of friends and people in your life. Yeah. You've just come so far, I think, as a person, and it's 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 remarkable to hear your story and to see where you are and know everything that you've overcome. And it really does come down to those choices and being willing to put in the work. You know, you've you've and that's another thing is I feel like, you know, where you are in your life right now, you've you study, you know your stuff. You know what I mean? You've you've spent a lot of time learning about all of the stuff that you do as a professional, as a nutritionist, you know, it's just really remarkable to see everything that you've overcome and how far you've come, you know, you in your profession and what you do as a nutritionist and, you know, you're a coach in many, many ways, you help people and you've helped, you help people with stuff that, you know, they need, they need desperately for their own wellness. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's so powerful, the work that you've put in, the choices that you've made. You spend a lot of time reading and learning, getting education in your field and doing all the things that you need to do mm -hmm. to be a strong leader for people. And I just think that looking at what you've overcome 
it would have been so much easier for you to just continue on your path that, Mm -hmm. you know, your upbringing essentially has decided for you. And I just think it's so powerful that you've that conscious choice to say, you know what? No, I want better for myself. I want better for my life, better for my child, my husband, the people around me. If you're in that position as a listener and you know you want better for your life, start. Mm -hmm. No better time than now. Figure out a plan. Figure out something that you want to make a change with. You don't have to do a 180 today. Start mm-hmm. start somewhere. There was one one of your episodes you had talked about, which I have I think I've mentioned in mind because I loved it so much, but you had talked about mindset being like a muscle. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit Absolutely. about that, Mel. So for, you know, mindset is something that is, it's a term that gets thrown around a lot these days, but at the same time, I feel like it's so unbelievably important like next level. And with our, you know, I look at, you know, we have strength in our muscles, right? You go to the gym and you pump iron, you build up that bicep. Does it happen overnight? No, it takes time to build up a muscle, just like your brain. And eventually time after time, it's about those slow, tiny little progressions that you make every single day. As a lot of times we just want to rush to the finish line. We want to change everything, whether it's about, you know, I want to lose weight. I want to live a healthier lifestyle. I want to get out of this relationship or anything like that. It's about those tiny little pieces, those little stepping stones that you can lay out every single day. And eventually those stepping stones turn into big, long roads that turn into this big path that leads you to your end goal. That is the most beautiful part is really looking at it that way. Cause a lot of times you're like, Oh, I just, I can't quit. Let's say, you know, you, you binge at night and you want to quit binging at night, but you're like, Oh, this is just so hard. I don't understand, yeah. but it's about slowly changing those habits and those behaviors. But beyond that is that you have to realize as you slowly change them, you start building up that muscle. Your brain is a muscle. You start building that up. Mm -hmm. And as you start building that up, it gets bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger. And it gets so strong to the point where you can nip those behaviors and that way in the bud. And for me and what I've been through, through the darkness and all of that, I, I went from having, you know, if we get in the technical terms of, you know, your higher self brain yeah. and your reptilian brain uh-huh. and look at those different parts of the brain. I mean, my reptilian brain was the that muscle is huge. That that champion, <laughs> that champion was ready to go. It was strong. And like my higher self was like, oh, little pee. So as I started working more on my mindset, taking care of myself more and just believing in myself and started allowing myself to say, oh, I freaking suck. How did I do this? Instead of be like, what can I learn from yes. this? And as I made that shift, everything changed. Yeah. And that pee little size muscle of you know my higher self got bigger and bigger and bigger now it's so big that it like eats that reptilian brains like no I'm, I'm the captain of the spaceship here not you I love that you're not running the show and that's the thing is that it just doesn't happen overnight yeah. it's just slow and steady wins the race and just believing and honoring yourself and giving yourself that grace and compassion to get there is really yeah. how it happens yeah and it comes down to that like you had mentioned with the the higher brain and the lower brain or the reptilian brain or the animal brain there's a few different names for it but under Brilliant. understanding that that process of learning and the neuroplasticity the ability to change the way that you listen to your brain, the way that your brain speaks to you and the way that you make your choices is really powerful. You know, learning, Mm -hmm. understanding the process of actually learning is very, very empowering. And it's almost like 
it it reminds me of like you know those books you can buy for video games that have like all the cheats in them they're like mm-hmm. big book that's what it yes. is with learning you learn the process of learning and then you can literally master anything that you want in even less time because now you're not having to overcome all of the tricks that your brain's going to try and get you to change your mind. You know what I mean? Like your Mm -hmm. habits and, you know, all these things that you've got yourself conditioned to do. I've even learned about that recently with chronic overeating because that's something that I struggle with is portioning and just understanding that I need to learn how it feels to be full. And Mm -hmm. that alone is something that I need to go through a learning process with. And Mm -hmm. once you embrace that learning process, it becomes much easier because you're not thinking nature and you're not telling yourself like oh there's something wrong with me you're just it's like learning anything else it's like learning a new skill learning how to shoot basketballs or you know play an instrument or whatever it's Mm -hmm. it's not anything different it's just the process of learning it's crazy yes and I absolutely love how you describe that because when we look at everything as a whole, we're like, oh, this is going to be so daunting. Let's just throw weight loss in there, for example. So let's say you want to lose some weight and you, and in your head, you're just so fixed on the outcome, right? Oh, you're like, I want to get there fast. I want this to happen right away, but you're not allowing yourself to step back and enjoy the journey and enjoy the process and learn along the way because we're so laser focused on that end result and going and getting there. We don't step back to enjoy. Yeah. And when we don't enjoy we don't take that time to integrate and we don't take the in time to integrate. We're not going to learn. And that's the biggest thing that has changed for me is that through everything I see, I learned through it all. And that. I'm like, wow, how can I be better next time? Yeah. Instead of being, why did this happen? You know, I just want to be better. So when you look at the weight loss process, you're like, okay, I want to get there so fast. I want this. I want to lose all this weight, but it's like, no, like what habits have you? And cause you mentioned the habits and stuff like that is that, what habits have I put into play that's made me overeat, that's made me, you know, not take care of myself, not live the lifestyle that I want? Mm-hmm. And then once you slowly start to break down those habits that you've created, you're like, holy crap, this is mind blowing. What a difference it can make. And it's really looking at it from that different perspective. And when you take that step, that step back to be the observer looking in at yourself and enjoy the journey, all those beautiful lessons come along the way. And they're enjoyable. It's awesome. They're not daunting. They're fun. It's awesome. It makes it fun. It's not horrible and hard anymore. It's enjoyable. I agree. Oh, I love that, Mel. So tell us more about who you are now and the ways that you choose to live through life. Well, me now is an empowered mama, I'll tell you what. Um, So how I live now is I'm very, I try to stay as positive as I can. I hate, first of all, I hate toxic positivity. Oh, yes. So that's a hard thing for me, but that's how I used to live. When something would happen, I would always be like, oh, it could be so much worse. And I'd always just tell myself that. And then when you do things like that, you don't allow yourself to actually process what you're going through. You're like, oh, the situation comes up where you're like, oh, it could be so much worse, but then you feel sad and you feel like you're grieving what could have happened. And then that's what I do now. And that's such a big difference is that I allow myself to process my feelings and things that come up and I don't push them under the rug and pretend and how, you know, because my feelings are valid and they're real. And I love just helping people through that journey of really discovering and understanding that, that 
there's, it's so much more than just throwing weight out there again. That's a lot what I deal with, but it's not just about the number on the scale or things like that anymore. It's about really just taking that step back and enjoying it and giving yourself that grace and compassion as you go along the way. And for me, those are things I never did. I'd never allowed myself to feel. Now I feel the feelings. I would be so strict and rigid, like you have to do this. And if I didn't follow something that I wanted myself to do, I would beat myself up. Like even with me for work, you know, being a mom and I have limited time to work and get things done. So now, you know, I'm very, if I feel like I'm burnout and I'm really tired, I don't push myself to the limit anymore because I realize, you know, if, as we were saying earlier, if I'm not happy, nobody's happy. Yeah. So putting myself first and my mental health, making sure how can I fill my cup today? What do I need? I do things called frequency elevators where I have a list of things that I know that jazz me up, like whether it's going for a walk in nature or painting my nails, just it's little things like that, or just going and doing a little bit of breath work and having a meditation. Those are the things that raise my vibe. And when I do that, I feel so much better. And that's what it's all about is that how can I, you know, stretch myself, but not so much that I'm going to snap because I used to make myself snap so much. And I'd be like, wounded crawling crawling to the finish line like I'm gonna get there and now I'm like no no yeah like it's not about that anymore it's about that balance I love Mm -hmm. that so to anyone out there who's maybe dealing with any similar struggles like you have gone through what do you feel would be like the most valuable piece of advice that you could give them give yourself grace and compassion through the process of life and that to just really honor yourself in your journey along the way and that If you feel like you're stuck and you feel like life is really hard, there's always a brighter side. There's always something that you can, you can do. You're not just stuck. You're not there forever. You really can make a change and step into this version of yourself. You've always wanted to be, and it doesn't have to happen fast. It's slow and steady wins the race and just honor and give yourself grace and compassion through the process. Love that Mel. Gosh, such good stuff. It always is with us. I swear I'm going to have you back on again sometime. I would love to be. I got to have you back on mine too. But thank you so much, Mel, for just taking the time out to be here and share so much goodness with us. And I'm, I know, you know, like I said, it's just, it's so beneficial for listeners to hear what you have to say. And I'll be including all of your information in the show notes and things like that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. It's been a blast. Oh man, it's been such a pleasure and it's my pleasure to be here. You are wonderful. And I appreciate and value you so much. So you're you're great. Thanks, Mel. I am just so, so happy you guys were here to hear that conversation. There was so much goodness, so much value, so much inspiration, so much everything. And, you know, if you if you want to hear more from Mel, she has her own podcast called Plant Ahead. And you can actually find Mel and all of her coaching services at plantahead.co and also on Instagram at plantahead.co. So I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode today. This is our very first episode of the second season. I, Like I said, I'm absolutely thrilled to be back with you guys. And, you know, as I let you go, I just want to make sure I relay, as always, a heartfelt thank you through the sound waves from my soul to yours. Seriously. I appreciate your time. I really, really hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you have someone that you feel may benefit, share, share it with them. Head over to floatonpodcast.com to add us on social media and see updates. I'm your host and producer, Daily Jean. Until next time, float on.